Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is wonderful, a show where we talk about things we like that's good that we're into. A lot of people say, who the, who the hell are you to tell me what is good? A lot of times just people on the street just walk right up to us. Yeah, they just say, who the hell are you? They don't even say the other stuff. And about I say, hi, I'm Rachel. And I say, hi, I'm Griffin. And then they give us $200. No. <laughs> I don't know why. That doesn't happen for me. Oh, man, I'm always getting to here in D.C. Specifically 200. Specifically here in D.C., you tell someone your name, they give you $200 and a nice firm handshake. Um, usually it's a politics guy who, who does yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they, you know, want you to feel like you're part of the process, part of the machine. And um, that's so huge for me. Um, I'm so happy to be here in the studio with my, my lovely wife, Rachel, to tell you about all these wonderful experiences <laughs> that we've been having. I got so scared that you were going to spring something on me. I'm so happy to be here today because I need to tell you that I I've found a new co-host and his name is Reggie. He is super funny. We are not married, me and Reggie, but he's, but he's got a lot of big ideas. And a skateboard, and I can't compete with that. No. I mean, you're pretty good at skateboard. Um, I will say you're more of a street skater. Reggie's more vert. But um, do you have any <laughs> small wonder? Like, Reggie doesn't ever come up with small wonders, so maybe, you know, you can hedge the hedge the market there. Um, I'm going to say the feeling after you get your teeth cleaned. Yeah. And it's just like, I did a good thing and yes. now it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, ideally I wouldn't have to go back. Unfortunately I do because it had been several years, <laughs> but, yeah. but I had this feeling of like, I've been thinking about this for a while yeah. and I haven't done it and now I did it and that was a good thing and I'm glad. I also went a long time without dentistry because of COVID became very easy to say like, well, I don't want someone in my mouth. I know that seems like the worst place for them to be. Uh, but then last year I, I sort of broke the dam and I did a lot of dentistry work last year. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm good for another three or four years to just kind of like <laughs> kick it. And That's what they tell you. They say, hey, we say every six months. Yeah. But you've been such a good boy. You've been a good boy. Go on your own dental journey. Um, and so that's uh, that's my current plan. I'm going to say Taskmaster, man. We've gotten yeah. back into it in such a big way. We fell off. Didn't uh, we mention that last week? Maybe we, we just mentioned that we were watching it. Man, I don't know. We've we've finished uh, the most recent series, I think, Series 16. So funny. Just, I think, the best cast front to back. Um, Sue Perkins. Sue Perkins. I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week. Okay, did we? Well, But maybe it wasn't your small wonder. Maybe we were just... Maybe just chat. shooting the shit. We do that sometimes. <laughs> That's the thing on, on this, this show. show. Uh, you go first this week. And I, I do. I would love to hear what you've prepared for us today. So I decided that my topic should be, and I've kind of been wanting to do this for a while, and it was one of those things I had to check and make sure we haven't done this because I've been thinking about it, but I didn't know if I would have enough to say, but it is the stadium organist. Yes. 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 Huge. Yes. Huge. I, it's what a weird facet of just sort of, sports culture of just like organists are in two buildings one is church the other is sports <laughs> buildings <laughs> and i true. like that it's true um is the connection there that we are supposed to be church-like in sports arena is it is it meant to sort of evoke a 
you know, like a transcendental experience while you're watching these beautiful games being played. Well, so organists used to be like in movie theaters too. Right. I guess that's like a good if point. you were doing like live accompanied entertainment, yes. it was usually an organist that was doing it. Yeah. Um, I wish they still did that, by the way, and didn't warn you, but you just like walked into Wonka, which yeah. is a musical. But they have just an organist sort of jamming over the other music yeah. that is taking place. Yeah, it it always feels really delightful to me. It part, some of it is nostalgia. Some sure. of it is like if you are somebody that went to sporting events as a child, it is maybe one of the few things that feels similar. Okay, you know, like it it it's I don't know. It's it's been a constant yeah. for a lot of teams for a long time. Uh, and there's just something I don't know. It just it it like. I find it delightful. One time I was visiting my nanny in Florida with, I mean, my whole family was there and um, she took us to a pizza restaurant that had an organist, but he also had like all those other like wild supplemental, like there's a button that sets off symbols. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, it's like that. Uh, I think you should leave sketch with Fred Willard. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, 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 really weird fucking vibe. Just the weirdest vibe. It was not suitable, I think, for a dining experience. I think it's also like a lot of environments you go into just have background music. You yeah. know, like if you go into a retail establishment, usually they have some kind of music playing. Yeah. But the organ really stands out. For you sure. really notice like this is this is different. I have a deep a fondness for the organ right now because I've been incorporating a lot of organ into yeah. the music for our upcoming Adventure Zone series. Which starts tomorrow, the Adventure Zone versus Dracula. Quick plug, check that out. It's organ heavy. <laughs> uh, so organs, as I mentioned, were used in theaters, obviously church. Uh, they first started appearing in sporting events at Chicago Stadium, which is where the Chicago Blackhawks and the Chicago Bulls played uh, in 1929. Jeez, wow. That's yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I guess that is kind of the golden age of organs. Now, when I was researching this, they talked about how organs were used for, quote, a psychological accompaniment for events, uh, which it was used in quotes. I have not searched out the source on that, Um, but I like this term, this like phrasing of psychological accompaniment. Yeah, I guess so. It's really- It's supposed to get you hype. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, Like in 1929, (laughs) I get it because we didn't have like a bunch of other stuff, but then like, you know- I think that Darude creating Sandstorm really rendered a lot of organ or other sort of sports music completely redundant. Um, but I do love, the, I guess, the novelty of keeping that keeping that that dream alive. You I know have that no song? idea the reference that, you just made. Darude Sandstorm. I swear to God, you'd know it if it's man. Now I have to play Darude Sandstorm. Oh, uh, yeah. Sports. Okay, yeah, sports, 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 hockey, sports, sports, hockey, sports. basketball, football, baseball, <laughs> let's go, hockey, let's go. <laughs> what if this was the new theme song to Wonderful? <laughs> Maybe just for live shows? We would have to start the whole show differently. We would have to come out in jerseys. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to have to pay Darude any money. Um, so organs, uh, as they are typically used today uh, and have been used, uh, National Anthem. Um, charges, the short musical pieces that foreshadow something 
happening. So like, dun 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, clappers. What's that? Music or melodies that get fans excited. I don't. Okay. Okay. Uh, clappers is what we call those. Yeah. Like, let's go. That sounds a real clapper. Yeah. And then in baseball, the seventh inning stretch. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, though, uh, organists starting to fall out of favor in the 80s and 90s. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, though, took out 574 seats in their arena to install the largest pipe organ in the league back in 2011. I like that. <laughs> so I kind of love, like, everybody's kind of moving away from it. And they're like, no, 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 no. No, not us. No, we're going to make sure people can't buy tickets so we have a big organ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a few teams that don't have it. Um, a lot of them, it's said that it just kind of doesn't match the tone, which I kind of understand. So, for example, Vegas, which is a relatively new team, yeah, tried out an organ, felt like it didn't really fit. And I think it's kind of like the nostalgia thing I was talking about. Like if you have been with a team for decades and the organ is part of it, you hear it and you're like, yay. Yeah. But if you've got a brand new team in your in your city, you're like, wait, what is what is this? Like I was just jamming out to the Black Eyed Peas and now there's an organ? Jokes aside, I would be very curious to hear how organ adoption uh, fell off when jock jams yeah. became like the 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 conversation. Yeah, no, so some for a lot of the articles I read were recent, like 2022. Um Washington Capitals is somebody who um got rid of their organist after 22 years uh, of the same organist. That's the thing. That's the other thing is that people that become the organists stay the organ. Well, yeah, because who all plays the organ? <laughs> it can't be too many folks. Uh, this also happened with Vancouver Canucks that same year, 2022. Bloodbath. Uh, they got rid of their organ. It's AI. It's AI taking all the organist jobs. Yeah. Uh, of the 32 NHL teams, only six don't have organists. It includes Philadelphia, Carolina, Dallas, Arizona, Vegas, Edmonton, and I guess now Vancouver as well. Tragic. A tragedy. How do you even get psyched for hockey without an organ bumping in your ears? Another new team, the Seattle Kraken, brought in an organist uh, very specifically. Apparently, now I don't know a lot about the film Slapshot. Yes. But their organist is the same organist that played in the 1977 movie Slapshot. He apparently cold called them when yeah. they were getting started and was like, hey, I happen to play the organ if you're looking for somebody. And they, they brought him in and now he's just part of the scene i do like that assert yourself put yourself out there i didn't realize that the st louis blues had a particularly notable organist until i was reading this article about seattle and it said one of the peers he reached out to for advice is jeremy boyer who has been the organist for the st louis blues for 15 years uh and has a massive social media following which i was like what I mean, I don't know what massive is. He's got, I mean, for an organist. Right. It's <laughs> a matter of perspective, I imagine. He has like over 100,000 subscribers. Pretty fucking good, I will say, for anyone, especially an organist. Probably, yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, He has been around, so I don't know a lot about organist history in St. Louis. Um, Ernie Hayes, for 30 years, did both the Cardinals games and the St. Louis Blues games. Damn, busy dude. And when he passed in 2012, Jeremy Boyer took over okay. for both of those roles. 
Um, so the same dude plays for the cards also. Yes. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a lot of playing an instrument, I will well, say. Well, and as you mentioned, he, his other gig, um, perhaps not surprisingly, I don't know how common this is, but he also um, plays at his church. Okay. Uh, that is his, his role. He uh, is the director of sacred music and liturgy at St. Francis of Assisi's Catholic Church in Oakville. And also plays organ covers of Black Eyed Peas songs every other night. Yeah, so if you want to look this guy up on YouTube, I sent Griffin some links. I particularly enjoyed his cover of Rage Against the Machines, Killing in the Name of. Yeah, really, (laughs) really, really good. Part of his appeal, and I think social media following, is that he will... um, Organize songs that have no right (laughs) to be organized. Yeah, he did a, a, a medley of songs from the 2010s that included like uh katie perry's firework um can't stop the feeling yeah party rock anthem yeah 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 Yeah. uh just just a delight there's something so charming to me about a modern music being played on a old-timey instrument yeah for sure jerry boyer also a a young guy he is only um two years older than me so like somebody (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were gonna say he's only two years old he's (laughs) It's incredible, one, that he can play this huge instrument. Two, that he's been playing it for 15 years. That's wild. (laughs) No, he, um, I didn't think people in their 40s were playing the organ. Um, But apparently he got his Bachelor of Musical Education uh, at the Southeast Missouri State University uh, and just started playing the organ right around the time that he graduated college and kind of apprenticed with this Ernie Hayes guy who- I love that. Was the previous organist. This reminds me when we talked about, uh, what are they called? Carillon bells? The like big tall towers and there's like six people alive who do that shit. I I have to imagine there's more organists, but not not like a ton more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is like, this is one of those like relics- uh, that I don't know may may have an expiration date on it, but I, I really enjoy that it exists. Yeah, uh, for sure. And it and it feels like part of attending a sporting event, to especially me. when it is reactionary to something that has just happened yeah. on the field. Like they'll play like you know that na 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 hey hey goodbye song yeah. on organ when someone like strikes out at a ball game just to really fucking razz the yeah. other team i mean when the team scores obviously when they have to like in hockey anyway when they get like a power player they have to kill a penalty yeah like, it just feels like a i don't know like a touchstone yeah can i steal you away yes Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) 
Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this, this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Hello, everyone out there. Thank you for coming to our service. Yes. We are ready to heal you. you. We are Ross and Carrie. We are faith healers. Yes, yes, you there. Yes, sir. You have a spirit of... Not listening to enough podcasts. We have the solution for oh, that. Oh, we can cure you. You should listen to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Hallelujah. Mm. It's on Maximum Fun. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, and ma'am. Yes, you there. Gladys. A, a Spirit of boredom? Oh my goodness, we have the solution for you. It is to listen to the podcast. Oh, oh no, no, Ross, Ross and, and Carrie. The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I just picked up my phone to start reading my notes and it was just greeted with Darude's very serious face. <laughs> You're doing great, Griffin. Keep it up. Um, I want to talk to you today about appetizers. Appetizers. Oh, you're good at this. Appetizers? Well, I just feel like you always have an eye out for it. 
Appetizers, yeah, for sure. That used to be one of those questions when I would go to a restaurant when they were like, oh, can we start you off with anything? I would instinctively say no. Yeah. Just felt like I am here to to save money and I'm only going to be focusing on my meal. Thank you. Me, though, the extravagant hedonist that I am. <laughs> uh, this, this is like a McElroy family tradition, though. It's just always having like a selection of apps. I like a selection. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I like options. I will say that this bit was inspired by uh, dur- during all of our sort of holiday drives, we got into the Off Menu podcast, which my brothers have been suggesting yeah. for a while with James Acaster and Ed Gamble. It's a delightful show. They invite a guest on each episode and have them sort of devise a dream menu complete with drinks and starters and side dishes and main courses and desserts and et cetera. Uh-huh. There's a great episode with Greg Davis, uh, host of... Uh, Taskmaster, uh, whose bold stance on uh, his starter of choice was to skip it, was to just not have a starter because it uh, detracts from yes. the main the main course, which yes. feels like sort of where you used to operate from before I... Yeah, there was this idea like, well, I don't want to fill up before my meal. Uh, I don't yes. want to pay for additional food that I was not coming here for. Right. Um, Why, a wild sentiment. I know. I know. I know. Now I really appreciate it, though. Yes. I when when we go to a restaurant, I feel like one, it doesn't happen that often these days. It is hard for us to get out to a restaurant, yeah, uh, with or without our children. Uh, a huge draw for me is like experiencing that restaurant, like getting a mm-hmm. feel. I like to feel like I've gotten a feel for like what that restaurant's whole vibe is all about. I love going to a restaurant, like finding out what the like big all-star item on the menu is and and trying it and just feeling like there's an understanding there. And appetizers I are the easiest way to accomplish that in in my book. Can I ask you, and you may not be aware of this, but when you get a menu, yeah. do you look at the entrees first and then go to the appetizers? Absolutely or you- not. Wild. No. Oh really? When you read a book do you jump in at chapter 15? <laughs> I always like, I figure out like, what do I want to eat? And then it's like, oh, do any of these things up top look good too? Like, I, I, I start with the main and then double back on apps. But I, I didn't know if that's how you did it. When I am choosing an appetizer and a main course, I am building a, a narrative. Yeah, of course. For the for the meal. The yeah. two things have to be in conversation with each other. True. And, and so like, it's hard to tell which one I look at first because I'm kind of looking at both of them at the same time to write a story of food (laughs) Um, or I guess reading the story that the restaurant has built for me. Uh, There's some appetizer staples that I will always like spring for if I see them on a menu. I love an egg roll. I love an oyster. Um, I love a a, a, if we go to like any kind of like Tex-Mex restaurant, like I will want to get chips and either guac or queso, queso if I'm feeling naughty. Um, and these are not things that you can make a whole meal out of, right? Like I, I would not ever have a meal of egg rolls. Um, but as like a little bonus bite, that's, that's always very, very exciting for me. Um, if we are going to like, I, I genuinely jokes aside, do like to kind of like think about how my appetizer is going to pair with the main course. Yeah. If we go to a Japanese restaurant and I know I'm going to be eating, raw fish or some other sort of sushi experience for my, for my main course, I like to start out with something like fried and greasy that is not going to be anything like what I'm going to have for my main course. Yeah. Like a, and I think that's why you get so many options in the vein of like 
takoyaki or gyoza or yeah. I love a croquette, like a potato croquette. Yeah. Just something fried and kind of greasy. And then you get that just peak of freshness with the sushi uh, experience at the uh, at the tail end. Um, and then there's, of course, like restaurants where the apps are sort of the star of the show, be it a a Cheesecake Factory or a Chili's or, you know, an, an Applebee's, uh, which we don't hit up, I would say, a lot these days. It still really surprises me a lot when I'm at a restaurant like that. And it's like your apps can range from like garlic bread to like crab rangoon to like pretzel bites, you to know, nachos. just like, yeah, just like every app you could think of. But that's great because now you've just given me an even greater challenge in writing a food story tonight in this Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) Writing a food story at the Cheesecake Factory is like improv. It's like your audience has yelled at you like a bunch of really incongruous (laughs) sort of suggestions. And it's up to you to kind of like make make a, a narrative out of it. As, you know, my tastes have become slightly more refined and my access to like very good food has uh, has has developed, you know, tapas is just all appetizers. That's basically what that experience is. If we go to like a place with like a chef's tasting menu, small bites. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's that's uh, that's an appetizer marathon. And I'm I'm here for that as well. I'm just saying when you get appetizers with your main course, you get two dinners. And that is just efficient. Um, It is hard to track the exact origin of appetizers because it's not that outrageous of an idea to have a little dinner before your big dinner. (laughs) Well, and the way I always view it too is like, how hungry am I? If I am super hungry and it's going to take a while for my food to come out, like give me give me something to pass the time. That's a good point. I guess yeah. it changes based on what you're bringing into the experience. Yeah. But across a broad range of cultures, there are different takes on appetizers. There's the uh, Russian zakuska, uh, the Middle Eastern metze, the Swedish smorgasbord, the Italian antipasto. Um, all the way back to like ancient Rome, uh, dinners were usually two main courses with a bunch of little bits of like fish and cheese and veggies and other stuff mixed in there, which they called promulsis. Uh, ancient Greeks did something similar, called it uh, propoma. Uh, France really cornered the market back in like, all the way back to like the Middle Ages with your hors d'oeuvres, your canapes, your entremets. Mm, your mozzarella sticks. Your mozzarella sticks. <laughs> entremets also sometimes weren't food. It would just be like a little bit of art that they would bring out, which is wild. I don't Whoa, want that. interesting. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't I'm sorry. I can't finish. I'm full up on art. I, I filled all the way up on art. Uh, they would just know that it is good to bring out a bunch of little dishes either before or between the main courses uh, the order of which specifically in France became sort of more and more formalized uh, throughout history. Um, though there are a lot of different sort of versions of appetizers throughout history, the logic behind appetizers in sort of ancient cultures was pretty uniform, and it was to have a little bit of food to stimulate the appetite before you ate a lot of food. That has... That seems weird to me, I will say, because I have never tucked into a order of mozzarella sticks thinking like this is really going to get me hungrier <laughs> for the, the meal that is to follow. Usually yeah. I know I am always robbing Peter to pay Paul 
I am not like starting up my eating engine Ooh. by having a bunch of uh, mozzarella. This sticks. leads me to a question: Do you consider a basket of bread an appetizer? Yeah, sure. I think, yeah, I mean, uh, not legally. <laughs> It, but it is a starter. It is a uh-huh. pre thing. We've talked about, I feel like we've talked about starter bread specifically on, on the mm, show before. Okay. I'm trying to broaden the horizons a little bit by including all sort of starters. Um, because I, I know I'm not getting hungrier by eating an appetizer. I am reducing my capacity for the main meal. But I don't care because that's the last benefit in my book of the appetizer. And I swear by this, whether I'm out at a restaurant or ordering out from like a nice restaurant – it's why I almost always spring for appetizers. If you eat the appetizer, you eat less main course, which means leftovers. This is something you have taught me. Yes. Uh, this idea that the appetizer is part of your meal and that when you get full, you will probably still have entree left, which is good news. That's lunch. Yeah. That's tomorrow's lunch. And that's amazing. Um I, I, we, we don't have the opportunity to go out to restaurants a lot. And so I feel like choosing food when we do have that experience is somewhat stressful because you want to do it. You want to win dinner. You want to do the right thing. And I feel like knowing that I can have a few different options via appetizers takes a lot of the weight and stress, uh, off of, off of that decision. I just, I love appetizers yeah no i know that about you by the way as you were talking i was thinking about how a restaurant that served very large portions and called themselves tomorrow's lunch would be that's huge would be great that's really i want to get that on record yeah uh 2024 rachel mcelroy tomorrow actually unfortunately that does isn't how any of this works (laughs) i've learned unfortunately after generating so many great ideas uh you mean you can't just say tm 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 no that's i've learned from our lawyer (laughs) and lawyer team and legal guys that that's not actually um that's not actually anything okay um hey do you want to know what our friends at home are talking about yes hannah says my small wonder is my hiking boots they have been keeping my feet warm and dry through all the snow sleet slush and rain we've been having we have not been having – we had a fucking lot of rain over the last week. No no snow. I know. Uh, to speak of, which is a bummer. But I do love uh, – We do. I do have a pair of like heavy yeah. uh, like winterized boots yeah. that I always feel fucking great when I wear. I, feel I wore my rain, bro- my rain boots my yeah. rain boots yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and it was really exciting because when you purchase something like that, you know that you're only going to be wearing them like maybe 12, 14 days out of the year, at it's least that. if you live in a place like this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is one of those times. Yeah. I will say when I wear them, I have to sort of like reacclimate when I drive so that I don't just like slam the pedal <laughs> down with my incredibly heavy and uh-huh. powerful and impervious boots. Uh, this one was sent in by, I think I'm supposed to come up with a clever name or something, who says, my wonderful thing this week is the sound of a flute. I work as a machinist at a company that makes flutes, and every now and then I can hear snippets of flutes being tested while I'm on break. It makes my job feel whimsical. Whoa. What a fucking job, man. What a job to make flutes, but also just like be working and just hear like, God, that feels like a video you would watch on Mr. Rogers. Like we went to a flute factory and then you just watch in awe. Yeah, like. I can hear Mark Summers saying, <laughs> we all love flutes, but how do these sweet silver tunnels of sound get made? Join me today. What's that show called? Make How It's Made? How It's Made. That's a good name for it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for these for theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. Again, I'll plug it. The Adventure Zone versus Dracula starts tomorrow. It's a fun, lighthearted romp to kill Dracula. And you can get in on the ground floor. Yeah, this right one's now. for everyone. This one's for everyone except Dracula. Yeah. He probably wouldn't like some of the stuff that we say about him. Yeah. Um, we have new merch over at MacroyMerch.com, including a three three brother wolf uh, oh, t-shirt. God, so good. Which rules, and I'm very happy for. We got some nice Fungalore merch coming down the pipeline, which uh, I'm stoked about. Uh, if you don't Every know. time I see a piece of Macquarie merch, I, ha- I go through this internal war of like, is it weird if I wear that? But this three brothers wolf thing... It is. I think that specifically, I probably couldn't wear. Probably couldn't wear a shirt. Like this with is it. this is my husband and his brothers on a shirt. <laughs> you could wear it, just not where I am with you. All yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Wait, is that is he on your shirt? Is he it? Um, but that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I love doing this show every week. It's a, it's a nice little um, Me too. break, and I hope you all feel the same way, dear listener, and. We'll be back next week with more good stuff to tell you all about. So join us to join us then for another exciting installment <laughs> of the Chronicles of Narnia. Love it. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.